0: Let's make sure that history never forgets the name. Sci-Fi melody. Got out.
1: So, Rage, what are we watching today?
0: Oi, Ethan. You feeling me for gob job? Uh, what? You're asking like it was your job
1: now. Um, sure, I, I, I guess. Fab. What's with the accent and the words?
0: Well, we're watching a 61 film about a grody creature that decks London, so I thought I'd use the lingo.
1: Oh, you mean we're watching Gorgo. You know, I love that one. Yeah, they gotta get rid of him enough before he decks the place. Um, yep, they sure do. How about we start the review? Yeah. Uh, you're not going to talk like this the whole time, are you? Sci-fi malady. Symptom number 240, Gorgo. London Bridge is falling down, falling down,
0: falling down. Welcome sickies to the first time you will ever hear Ethan sing as he's joining us now on Rage Master Sings. (laughs) The duet is coming people, it's coming. (laughs) Now that we know he's open and available to it, we're doing it, so... But anyway, <laughs> welcome back to Monster Mayhem. We are in the 60s doing the Battle of the Gs and last week we did Gamora and we are now on Gorgo. Um the first question I got for you Ethan before we even dive in, had you seen this before?
1: Seen it? Yes. Remembered it? No.
0: All right. See, I remember seeing this when it was a um a commercial. It was a commercial for oh, what candy was it? And it just showed Gorgo just destroying stuff. I just remember the the finned ears and all that on the back of the head. And then in 1991, June of 91, TNT's Monster Vision started, and that was the first time that they did this whole thing about how starting Saturday night at 8, the monsters are taking over. And they were showing um, the reptile, the mummy shroud, Day of the Trids, and Gorgo. And my dad taped the whole thing for me. Because <laughs> it couldn't stay up that late. It started at 8 and went on until the next day. Yeah. But that was all that stuff, and So this was my first time see that was my first time seeing it. And I got to revisit it. And I gotta say, it you know, it it looks like the version you and I watched was kind of a 4K version and it did not look as good.
1: No. (laughs) No, it did not. You
0: know, I learned, kids, sickies, when you're taking an older movie that looked good the way it was filmed back then, don't up it. (laughs) Just don't.
1: Uh, upscaling doesn't work for everything people no let's, let's just try and try and get that lesson learned
0: right I mean I'm thinking back Peter Jackson he and his crew recreated the, tarant- the giant tarantula scene from King Kong but they did it using 35 millimeter film and making it the same technology level so it looked okay mm-hmm. uh, and it looked okay Yeah, but if, yeah. if you try to do that with modern tech it'd look awful oh, so yeah. Um, but nonetheless, here we are. And yeah, you know.
1: well, and you and you were asking, and I say I, I I had seen it before. I mean, here again, this is this was one of my staples when I was you know single digit kid, you know, watching afternoon movies, you know, on a Saturday afternoon or whatnot. And I know I've seen this before, and it's not so much that i remember seeing it it's the sound Mm because this is a very unique uh, monster scream and of anything while i'm watching it i did watch this about a year ago um because i was just you know i was deep into watching the the kaiju films the showa era godzilla films and was looking for other stuff and i revisited gorgo and i remember watching it thinking i know i've seen this before it's not the visuals, though, it's the sound. Mm-hmm. That's what I, what, what was hearkening back to, you know, when I was a young man watching it.
0: Right. No, absolutely. This, uh, I thought the same thing when I heard that monster roar again, I thought, oh, I remember that. They did, a, mm-hmm. it's, as, it's as iconic as Godzilla, and had this franchise taken off, I think... Uh, that would have definitely been something people would have remembered, but...
1: Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Go for it. Because you're about to launch into some fun facts, right?
0: That and the plot. What's up?
1: Do you have a, a fun fact about where the sound came from?
0: I do not. Do you?
1: No, and I'm a little disappointed in myself I, that I couldn't find anything.
0: Neither could so, I. I thought it was so, kind of like a lion and an elephant, honestly. Yeah, I was,
1: I was going to say, when we, we could do it now, or when we... When you get to the end of your fun facts, let's guess what we think the sounds are.
0: <laughs> oh, I already buried my lead. I mean I it sounded yeah. like they were doing something like an elephant and uh a lion and
1: uh, yeah something there, else. There's definitely there's gotta be those two. I'm kinda thinking there's some gorilla in there for that low tone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh there you go. We we just we just deconstructed it for you, listener.
0: <laughs> All right, sickies. We did it's not quite as interesting as running a leather glove down a cello but <laughs> <laughs> right that, but I mean, that it's it... but hey i mean that you know speaking of effects uh i'll start with the fun facts why not this yeah. was a this was one of 15 films considered to, for an academy award for the special effects nice. i mean it's i mean this is at this point I would say that giant monster movies, this is 1961, Japan hadn't really claimed the title yet. Um, you had, in the US, you had The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, or 40,000, I was getting mixed up. Uh, you had The Giant Claw, which, wow, I'm going to have to go back and watch that one day. The Giant Claw <laughs> is, there was a lot of fun with that movie, but. Um, There's a number of big monster movies from the U.S. and Japan, and now England was taking a stab at it. So at this point in time, Japan hadn't really claimed the crown yet of, you know, top monster flicks.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is really kind of still early in the genre, even though, what, 54 for Gojira... Uh, kind of broke ground on it but in the united states you basically only had a couple of godzilla movies floating around and then a few american knockoffs
0: yeah in the 50s i think there were only two so there wasn't a lot of competition and it started really skyrocketing in the 60s but 61 you had what mothra i mean that's not enough to knock england out of the running yet so
1: yeah i consider that the dip in the gojira or the godzilla (laughs) movies but you know that's just me
0: well you know it improved when they had Godzilla versus Mothra, but...
1: Oh, true. Yeah.
0: But uh, some other little uh, fun facts about this movie. So we got the special effects out of the way. Um, The scenes where they're driving baby Gorgo through the streets of London, that was filmed on a Sunday because most people back then, you had blue laws and nobody was out. So they just got... I can't imagine London being that empty, honestly, but there it was. And they were driving through an empty Piccadilly, and they just kind of gave an explanation in the movie that uh, they cleared it out <laughs> for safety. And I thought, nice job, guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, taking advantage of the situation.
0: Well, and that, and that's, that shows you that, you know, sometimes one sentence is all the justification unit explains everything. So true. If you just go through the effort you'll reap rewards. And when you get a, a film from this time, the way it is, um going through that effort compared to filmmakers today that won't even bother. It's like, come on, guys. Um The original script had no military action indicated because the director argued that gunfire would kill any beast, no matter how big but the king brothers who were producing it wanted guns so guns they got yep and i mean come on you have to
1: i was going to say that's a staple in the godzilla films if you're going to emulate it fully emulate it you got to have some military action
0: All right oh absolutely
1: and and might i say a lot of interesting stock footage about the and I'm using air quotes here. British military oh, well, in action.
0: That, that's going to get brought up in rips and picks. I thought the same okay. thing. we'll leave that. Funny thing about oh, um, so the location for the for the attack was originally envisioned as Japan, thanks to Godzilla. But then they decided, nah, 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 let's go to Europe. Let's set it in Paris. But the problem is that would have meant that the monster would have had to swim hundred miles up the Seine River. So, then they said, well, um, let's, someone suggested Australia, but then the jerk director said, well, if we said it to Australia, nobody would care. <laughs> and it's like, oh, geez, guys. Nobody cares what happens south of the equator. I know, right? <laughs> Not in 1961.
1: Sydney's oh, being boy. busted
0: up by this monster. Huh? Ah uh, let's hope they get out of it, yeah, <laughs> come on, so then they decided let's go to London, but ouch, yeah <laughs> um let's see uh, there's not too many here um weirdly enough, there's only two women with spoken dialogue in the whole movie.
1: yeah, that's a. Well, well, I think that might come up again later here okay. in Rips and Picks. All right. But, um, yeah, I, I clocked that as well. Yeah,
0: I, I saw that. Um, the island where they first discovered Gorgo was a fictitious island, Nara. I. So I guess, Sickies, if you try to go find it, you're going to come up empty-handed. Um, um,
1: yeah, I I read it's an, an uh, anagram mm-hmm. of the... the Aaron Islands, A R A N, and oh. so th- so there are the Aaron Islands, but they I, I, were they going to violate a copyright right law or something like that? I don't know why. Why <laughs> would you go say, with yeah something fictitious Just, then? But anyway,
0: you're ev- yeah. you're labeling everything else. What's the wrong with the island? But yeah, oh uh, well, yeah.
1: oh well. Yep.
0: So um, in the movie, you see double decker buses that say Sea Gorgo. Uh, mm-hmm. Those were not made for the movie. Those were advertisements for the movie. <laughs> and they were like, well, you know, we could just make it look like it's for that circus. <laughs> so let's just use that. <laughs>
1: So, so they're shooting shots that close to uh, the promotion for the actual film itself.
0: Uh, apparently, yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, that's a tight production schedule. I know,
0: right? <laughs> At that point, you figure the post-production crew is getting ready to wrap up, and then all of a sudden, oh, wait, 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 we got a couple shots here for you. What?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's along the lines of um, uh, Paramount Studios selling uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture and saying, we're going to have a film, and they're, they're, the ink is still drying on the, uh, on, on the film as it's being delivered to the movie theater just, just to hit the, uh, the promised production date. So I, I think maybe that's something like that was going on here, too.
0: That, that really happened in motion picture? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah,
1: it's legendary for that.
0: Scott did not mention that in his review of that movie.
1: No, I, oh, I'll have to get on to him about yeah, that. Yeah, you'll have
0: to, you know, one of these days we'll have to have you and Scott have a. Uh, star trek quiz off like we did at gulardi fest
1: (laughs) if if we're Uh, talking anyway that's that's a whole sidebar we can talk about that 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 later sidebar
0: but i'm just saying something to do look forward to one day but um i think that's about enough of the fun facts other than the fact that at the time it clocked in as the most expensive movie of the year um which doesn't surprise me all that much
1: no, I mean, as as we'll get into as we discuss, there was a very extensive set building that had to have taken place for this movie. Yep,
0: and they had the equivalent of what was green screen. Really? Well, I mean, didn't. Because I. Well, I thought yeah, it was well, green screen, but there's been. You didn't catch the scenes where they're like floating no, in a boat and the background is clearly.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that is one thing I was going to bring up in this uh, as far as rips and picks. I don't know if we're launching into that now or not.
0: Almost. Almost there. Okay. Almost. Well, there. I can hold off. Right. I can hold off. <laughs> well, because, you know, it's a monster movie, so the plot's real easy. There's a ship that's uh, at sea near an I- Irish island and a volcano goes off and they see all these old prehistoric fish and they come to find out that um, these guys are looking for some divers that disappeared and the divers were actually going through shipwrecks and all of a sudden, they find out the divers went missing because a monster comes out of the sea and attacks the island. And they, uh, the captain, who was on the, the captain of the ship, who was being told to leave, now says, Well, I'll tell you what. If you pay me, I'll capture the monster for you. He captures it. He sells it to a circus. Circus takes it to London. And mom, dinosaur, turns out... Comes looking for baby, and she rips up London and saves the baby. Oh, yeah, and there's an annoying kid <laughs> who befriends the, <laughs> the, dino, uh, the monster. That about it? That about covered? I miss anything? Um,
1: you, well, When you say annoying kid, you mean the actual kid, not the kid Gorgo?
0: Yeah, right? the actual okay, kid. Okay,
1: that's okay. The just
0: one that to has to sure befriend him, just that. like, you know, Gamera kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, Sean. It was Sean.
0: Sean. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and, and who who was who was
1: playing an Irish uh, uh, a little kid on an Irish island, although he was a Scottish actor.
0: Oh, was he? Yeah. They.
1: Yeah, and I think a couple of times in his line delivery, I think I'm like, that sounds Scottish, but you know, it's it's 50 plus years ago. Yeah.
0: So. Well, you know that that brings us right into rips and picks here because. That would be a simultaneous rip and pick, because on one hand, they're speaking Gaelic or Welsh, whatever it is, and Mm -hmm. one guy comments, well, they speak English as well as you or I, they just don't want to. Yeah. But then, like you just pointed out, here comes the rip. Was it really right, though, because the kid's Scottish and... They just assume that we don't know the difference, which is probably <laughs> true. But then, wait a minute. How come the captain and the first mate, Sam, are clearly American?
1: Yeah, well, well you know what? Uh, uh, what's there, going on uh, there? Yeah, I, yeah, I could, because, you know, we didn't discuss it there in, in Fun Facts. But uh, the the gentleman that plays uh, Sam Slade, the first officer there, William Sylvester. From 2001, A Space Odyssey. And he is a very well-known British actor. So, where would... I mean, you could kind of hear a British accent in a few of his lines, Mm -hmm. but it did very much sound like they were trying to deliver as American actors.
0: Right, and I wondered about that. Like, you know, if you're ever going to lean into an accent, today's it. Yeah. This is the movie to do it, so...
1: (laughs) So, I I don't know if... Because this is a... uh, it's listed as an Irish, US, UK production. Were they just leaning heavily, trying to lean heavily into the American accent to appeal to the biggest audience?
0: I, probably. I would imagine so. Okay. And plus, figuring that uh, you do an accent, like a real heavy Scottish or you put a brogue in there, most people aren't going to understand it. True. You know, you get a guy in there who sounds like I don't know if you ever saw the movie Snatch, but the pikeys You get a kid in there. That's only a five thing you got there. You know, it's not going to go over well. Yeah. So,
1: but for the American audience, you know, they don't care. It. It's all from you know, on the other side of the pond.
0: Yeah, sounds close enough, I guess. Except for Sam. Close enough. Except for Sam, who wasn't even trying.
1: (laughs) Yep. As my father used to say, close enough for government work. <laughs> so there you go. And
0: there you go. That's what it is.
1: Yep. Uh, speaking of Joe and Sam, can I, no, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and I'm going to do a, a rip on Joe go and Sam just to get us going into it here. There are main characters mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, these are the most, these are jerks. These guys are.
0: Oh, For sure. <laughs> for sure.
1: And, And so these are our main characters are uh, we're going to go through the film with them. Did they have to make them this bad? I mean, and even Sean, when he's watching Gorgo level the city, he's grinning maniacally. There is (laughs) there is not a single person in this movie that I feel like has a decent shred of empathy for anything that's going on around them. And I just I wanted to point that out as a rip that. Our main characters are jerks. You
0: know, you know, I said something similar, and I added the word "cardboard." That there wasn't a lot to them. It was just, I'm doing it for money. Okay, yeah. you're in addition to being boring, you're a jerk. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, come on, guys.
1: What? But I mean, if if we were gonna try and find a deep meaning, I think we may have struck upon it. And that is the the greed of Western civilization is going to bring about the downfall? of society
0: i mean did we stumble on something there maybe i uh, we did actually probably i'm sure it was okay. unintentional but um yeah
1: i i don't i don't want to take scott's role here so i'm just going to back off from well from that. but, if but if there it gonna, is folks if you were
0: going to be scott you'd say this you'd say the same thing in 50 words and uh <laughs> it'd be a lot more deeper than it needs to be and then you would finish it off by telling me why the asteroid and armageddon brings the earth together <laughs>
1: I I'm, I'm not going to wade into that one.
0: Nah, don't you. <laughs> nothing to wade into, but <laughs> um but yeah, the characters were really just although I do give them one point. There's a scene where they're brought in to talk to the Admiralty and the first thing I'm thinking of is yep, just like a monster movie. We've established our main characters and they got to be front and center everywhere. And oh wait, they're only here for this part as a matter of advice and expertise and they gave it and they're done. Yeah. Oh. oh, okay, that's different, because usually in a kaiju movie, hey, you're a secretary that was here from the beginning. <laughs> All you do is take notes for the doctor. You need to be front and center for everything.
1: Yeah, I, I did find that curious, how they, they kept Joe and Sam, like you said, in, in center of camera throughout, throughout the whole film. Like, even when the, they're setting up the pit and putting baby Gorgo into the pit, it's like, they're the ones, you know directing all of it right. making it happen right. and i'm just like no no these guys would legitimately just take their cash and go spin it in piccadilly or wherever right. I mean, they, exactly. they're nowhere near the circus at this point at
0: this point exactly i would just say okay give me that and a ticket to the show
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you know, Yep. Yeah.
0: but uh and i could see them being there just to get their cut but at
1: the at the end of the night
0: right you know or even if you know be in their opening night sure but okay um but yeah exactly they wouldn't how come they're front and center running this show are they running this circus by the way what was the name of that circus i always forget um dorkins man i sh-
1: dorkins exactly dorkins. it is dorkin circus when i
0: saw that i was like dorkin oh man tough break <laughs>
1: Yeah, I actually because I I did clock that when I watched the other night and I had to look up just to see is there a Dorkins Circus perhaps in Great Britain that I've never heard of? Was no, it's it's completely made up. So I'm Dorkins, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go with that I name. I know.
0: Well, I suppose Dork wasn't really a word back then, so you got to give him Perhaps a break. not. You know,
1: we do have to remember this is 50, 50 plus years oh, later. Oh yeah,
0: you got to kind of have to give him a a break, I guess. Um did a little bit of rips i want to jump into some picks one of them is love the roar very cool we already covered that and um next is the effects are pretty darn good for the movie i mean when they're going around smashing up london uh honestly it's every bit as good as a Shawa godzilla film oh
1: yeah well you you had mentioned earlier uh, you mentioned as green screen um I Yeah. And, and that did stand out to me because there are a couple of wide angle. Um, I think they call them composite shots mm-hmm. of the monster in the city. And that's probably what you're referring to. Just I mean, it's 1961. I mean, they're just coming out of the 50s. You look at what Gojira did and then you see this and it's in color. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's pretty doggone amazing the the way they composited several of those shots the the man in the suit off in the background you know foreground buildings or people running through the shot and yeah it's it holds up at least if you don't look too closely at it in 4K.
0: Well, right, and and you also again you always have to remember the year you're looking at. Don't try to compare it to a modern. Well, not a CGI bar fest, but a good CGI job. Don't do that because yeah. you're not you're not playing to scale here. You're you're putting the pee wee football league against you know NCAA. It just it's not yeah. fair. Not fair. You gotta you gotta evaluate the high school team for their level.
1: Yeah, and and I'm and I'm sure you're very familiar with it, Mark, having watched a lot of these. Uh, but it, it, it even just general monster flicks, not even kaiju. But where they've had compositing like that, you always seem to have like this big gap, you know, as they try to join at least two, maybe three elements together. And I was trying to watch for it here, and it just, it just wasn't there. On some of those shots, they, they cut it very fine and made it look really good. I was impressed. Yeah,
0: yeah. for the time, I was pretty—at no point was I laughing at it. Now, if you go back and watch The Giant Claw— i don't know you ever see that movie um probably not it's about a giant bird and Uh, the actors had never seen the monster when they made the film so they acted serious and gave it their all and then the the production company that was making the monster delivered it they put it on the screen the actors did not see the monster until the film debuted Mm-hmm. And they were all humiliated <laughs> because it's so it's so did, awful. Did,
1: did the production crew cash the check and then deliver a minimal uh, performance?
0: I don't really know what the story was. You, mm. That's one possibility. But, but that did not happen here. They really no. gave it their all, and the suit was good. and um, Yeah, you could tell it was a suit especially in this version, but in the ver- when I saw it on Monster Vision back in the day, you didn't have that upgrade 4K, so it um, looked pretty yeah. good. Um, another one I liked is that this is short, sweet, to the point. Oh, yeah. Um, back in the day, sickies, if you're a little on the younger side, back in the day, films were made short, so that cinemas could have as many showings as possible. You see, and uh, I wasn't alive in the 60s, mind you, but I know that back then the only way you could see a movie is by going to the theater. And so to up ticket sales, you wanted a shorter movie so you could have more showings throughout the day. And this is back Mm -hmm. when you had your local neighborhood theater too, you know, run by the local owner, you didn't have major chains. Or if you did, if you had a chain, it wasn't that extensive.
1: And if they had two screens, that was special. Yeah,
0: that was a big deal. I mean, over where I'm at, in my neck of the woods, we had an old-time theater. They tore it down, unfortunately. But up until I was in my late 20s, it was there, and it had three screens. And you could tell that in its heyday, it was... It was a nice thing. In fact, you go there a lot of times because you could. It was the dollar theater, you know. Yeah. You'd wait till the movie came there for a dollar, but um,
1: that that's interesting because here in Southwest Missouri, where I'm at, um, it's there's a been a for the last oh, I'd say four or five years a bit of a a revival along Route 66. You know, little towns along Route 66 that run right through here, mm-hmm. um, little mom and pop theaters. And oh, they play modern. They play nice. modern cinema, and they play older stuff too. So it, it's nice. it's been interesting to be able to go go and check those out. And then drive-ins too. Drive-ins have gotten popular around here again too. Yeah,
0: we got a couple drive-ins. Um, you know, my wife's always asking me to go take me to one, take her to one, because you know she didn't grow up in the country. So, hmm. and yeah. I, I, we had drive-in near me that you know saturday morning you go there for the flea market you see what's playing and you beg your dad to bring you back saturday night (laughs) yeah (laughs) so that's how but but that's
1: the thing you you think about that environment and seeing movies in that environment and it's not the best but when you're talking about a movie like gorgo it works it so works
0: it kind of makes me you know it 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 kind of makes me want to go back in time just to do that you know what i mean oh yeah just uh walk up to the front window one for gorgo please you know (laughs) yep but but the benefit of that short sweet to the point is that there's no wasted filler that was one of the problems i had with um, the gareth edwards godzilla and what what year was that 2010 or something 14 14 yeah um it just drags It does It just goes on and on and on and on. And they have the halo jump scene where they halo jump in front of Godzilla. And yeah, it looks super cool. I won't deny it, but what was the point? Who would do that?
1: You know, I was thinking about that very movie in relation to Gamera, and I didn't mention it in that episode when we recorded. But for Gamera and for for Gorgo here, we don't have to wait long for the the star of the movie to show up mm-hmm. and fill the screen and watch him do what he does later on those you know gareth edwards and and others kind of lost lost track of that and mm-hmm. the fact that we showed up to see the monster and if we have to wait 45 minutes to an hour to really get into it um you you've failed to do your job
0: oh no absolutely Absol- plus it's a kaiju movie I mean yeah. why are you trying to make more out of it than there actually is you're yeah. trying to make some kind of cinematic masterpiece it's like you're making Godzilla dude <laughs> trying to quit trying profundity is not going to help your movie no. alright it's just going to make it long drawn out and boring which is exactly what happened um, whereas this monster shows up in a reasonable amount of time we get to enjoy it and then when, when Gorgo is going around smashing up London, looks great. Yeah. Looks great. A um, lot of stock footage, though, huh? That's. Yeah. I don't know if that falls under yeah. a rip or a pick, but there is a lot of stock footage in there.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you, Rage Master, I've got that under my ribs. Me, too. Because-
0: <laughs> Me, too. Okay, good.
1: Because, did I lose something somewhere? We were watching the British Navy and the British Army.
0: Uh, Yep, I saw U.S. fighter jets (laughs) taking off, and I went, (laughs) "Um, at some point they say NATO. It's almost like they realized we're not showing British planes taking off. What if we say NATO just to cover our butts?
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's make this international, folks. Yeah,
0: Yeah. well, because the other thing, too, is I mean eventually a submarine shows up but they're dropping depth charges and all these things it's like what you don't have a submarine (laughs) (laughs) guys come on
1: yeah you know it it was kind of funny because this is 1961 you think about it this is only what uh 10 15 years past uh, the end of world war ii yeah i mean that's not long and uh, a lot of those shots did look very world war ii era ish you know or at least 1950s i
0: wondered if that wasn't stock footage from a world war ii movie or something like that it
1: had to be you know some of that stuff had to be
0: that's what i was wondering and they just kind of it reminds me of um the movie Ed Wood by Tim Burton, and at the beginning of Ed Wood, you know, played by Johnny Depp, he goes to um, a movie theater, or uh, a film production company, and a guy said, oh, look at all this stock footage I found for (laughs) you, and he just makes up a whole big story from this stock footage. Yeah. And just because that's what he could get his hands on, and that's what I figured a lot of these movies did back in the day. They just got whatever stock footage they could and used it.
1: Yeah, because we've gotten so used to there being a writers' room and people polishing the story and we still get bad movies all the time, but it wasn't like that back then. You you told the story through what you could put on camera. So, yeah, of course stock footage showed up everywhere. But um here, you know, it it wasn't like you said, it wasn't until later that they kind of became aware of how much stock footage they were using and kind of made it acceptable, <laughs> even though they were selling us on this is British action. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you have the Admiralty commanding a ship that's, yeah, launching jet fighters. Which is the other thing. Jet fighters. Um, what are they supposed to do exactly? Um, <laughs> I, get, I get the submarine hunter because they could look under the waves, but um, jet fighters? They, they, Wouldn't you want to you know, wait had, till it makes landfall to launch those?
1: <laughs> well, they had, to, they had to surveil, so they had to cover a lot of ground. I uh, that's, that's where I'm going.
0: I they make the interesting line, in fact, in their Atomic weapons are out of the question. Tanks? Yeah, you can have tanks. All day long. <laughs> All the tanks you want. <laughs> I, yeah. I like that, yeah. Uh, what a, however much artillery you want is fine. Just no no dice on the atomic weaponry. All right, well, yeah. at least that's reasonable.
1: Atomic weapons, no. Uh, spend the GDP on artillery? Sure, yeah. let's do
0: it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then when you see the soldiers taking a fall because they're getting crushed by the monster, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's a little campy-cheesy, for, given the time, but you could see they were going for something pr- provocative, and I wouldn't doubt if that was considered risky back then, you know, showing that kind of well, violence, so to speak.
1: Yeah, you, you think about it. We, we talked about it a little bit last year when we were talking Gojira, kind right. of the the... the PTSD that may have existed in the population mm-hmm. and they acknowledge it in that movie, yep. but yeah, showing those soldiers in that situation, you're talking about people many of them going to that theater to see Gorgo, they live through the Blitz right? and so buildings falling on people is maybe something that would have triggered something who knows, but well, yeah, they, that, that does seem like it would be risky now that, now that you mentioned yeah, it.
0: Yeah, and they even reference the Blitz saying, we have, London hasn't seen this since the Blitz, you know, it's yeah. like yeah, that's a uh, plus it's the, you know, the height of the Cold War. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: and I didn't even think about that, but that scene where uh is it Sam? Yeah. Sam mm-hmm. uh carries Sean down into the 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 tunnel, right? Yeah. Uh, um, and the tunnel collapses oh, and everything. Yeah. That's where everybody went to flee the bombs that's that were right. being dropped. The, the, yeah, the underground, so.
0: yeah, for sure. No
1: place was safe.
0: And you figure, too, a lot of people did that. And for a lot of them, it was probably just a reflex. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're evacuating us, going to the underground.
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry. I referred to it as a tunnel. It was the tube. tube. My bad. Yeah, there
0: you go. The tube. <laughs> the tube. <laughs> you know, I'll get the tape. that My- <laughs> Oh
1: Jesus. Mind a, the gap. I'm not even a
0: yeah. I'm not even <laughs> going to try to get the words, the lingo right there. I I have
1: a rip I'd like to bring up at this Please. point since we're talking about a little bit of death and mayhem. Sure. Um What did you think about the teen the teens dockside and the fire? Was that was that not a little bit mm, much. <laughs> I mean, I know what they were going for, but the execution of it just didn't.
0: So wait, I, I, I've got it as are you a talking rip. Talking about,
1: uh, there's like three or four teens that are watching as Gorgo is coming out of the water and everything, and they're mm-hmm. they're standing by the dock. Um, they start launching artillery, and the entire uh, bay or or the river actually it's the Thames, isn't mm-hmm. it uh, catches fire, and the fire engulfs the kids. And they start running. Oh, one, you see, you see one of them running yeah, away, burning. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. They were going like, for provocative, for sure.
1: I, again, but the execution on it was, I think, that's rip, rip worthy. Mm,
0: yeah. All right. I, you know, I'm with <laughs> you on that one. They were trying to be um, shocking, and it just didn't pan out well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, and and I'm wondering what it, what is it about these filmmakers? Because here again, we talked about it in Gamera and here again we're talking about the youth of the day reaping consequences of of bad action these kids were just coming down to the water to watch what was going on though they didn't deserve what they got but
0: maybe it's the you know youth rebellion (laughs) they're not following orders so they deserve (laughs) it
1: (laughs) they weren't where they were supposed to be yeah with their parents right Right. that's it that's the lesson so
0: they remember kids listen to your (laughs) adults there you go. Um, and then that another rip that kid, Sean, just worthless. There's no point to having him. None. In fact, you could yeah. argue that the um, archaeologist was pointless. But, um, I mean, I... I
1: <laughs> Except that he was j- uh, yet another greedy adult in the story. <laughs>
0: right, you know. Although I do got to say that, you know, he had sores that were... That were a thousand years under the ocean. It's like, that's a pretty good looking sword for being underwater for a thousand years.
1: No, no. Did you hear that was Sean's job? He was, he was cleaning all that stuff up. He was child slave labor.
0: Well, (laughs) not just child slave labor. He is a genius. Yes, he is. You fish. I, I mean, I remember back in the day when Sears was a thing and I was working there and I was in returns. And someone brought back a pipe wrench that they said they left outside for, and I guess they were honest, they said they left it outside for a month, in the rain and everything, it looked like they fished it out of the Titanic. <laughs> All right? Fa- Eaten away, In huh? fact, I mean, it was nothing but a hunk of rust in the shape of a pipe wrench. And mm-hmm. I even looked at the, the manager, I said... You can't even see if this thing says Craftsman and you took it back. (laughs) Like, I know we got lifetime warranty on tools, but I don't even see a Craftsman logo. Did you just take on his word and (laughs) he's like, I can't even send this back for rebirth, you know, refurb. It's, it's a hunk of metal, rusted metal in the shape of a pipe wrench. Oh man. But a sword or a a prow of a ship. What?
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so so what I'm hearing here is Sean has a future in restoration basically.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. exactly. He should be working for Oxford, Smithsonian, you know, you name it. <laughs> um, Preservationist. Absolutely. Yep. He should be getting top dollar for his work. Um Yeah. Which, you know, that's that's here's another rip I just thought of. So they show these kind of prehistoric fish and other marine biology floating around at the, after the volcano, oh, which presumably releases Gorgo, and yeah. then it never goes anywhere again.
1: No. <laughs> it's like uh, no, uh, Apparently, the, the, the bottom of the ocean has been shattered, and another world has entered ours on the surface. Yeah. No, we're not going to talk about that anymore, nah, other than the fact that Gorgo tears up a city.
0: Yeah, maybe someone will do that in the future Pacific Rim, but not now. <laughs> not us. Uh,
1: were they Were they banking on a sequel, maybe?
0: I, they co- I guess. I don't know. I haven't uncovered anything like that. But, uh, <laughs> I haven't either. Because unlike other kaiju movies, they get away. Which actually yeah. is one of my ri- my picks, is that... Not only, I mean, it's a rip that the nothing seems to be killing the monster, the mom. But at the same time, not only do they just, it, it shows kind of a more compassionate side. Because the whole time, you feel bad for the baby. Because yeah. this thing, this baby's just showing up on coast to scare off people invading its area. And they capture it. They drug it up. They take it to be gawked at it can't get out Um, it's leaving that phosphorus trail for mom to follow because it's in danger Mm -hmm. mom shows up and she's just trying to get baby I mean the only reason she's cutting a swath of destruction is because she's under attack she gets her kid and just leaves it's like it's not even like a revenge thing like oh well I'm gonna stand here and rip up London it's nope I got my kid I'm done bye bye Yeah, so now
1: that that is that is a great point, because uh, so many of the similar films of the day, it was it was very much us against it mm -hmm. or us against them. And they could have easily gone that route here. Uh, But uh, refreshingly, no, this ends a little bit differently.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, usually the monster is something bad, something to be feared. Or it's a for like you said, it's us against us, them, a force against nature. Here, it's really just um, Bear walked into town. Yeah. <laughs> and Mama,
1: Mama Bear wants her cub. Yeah.
0: Bear walked into town. Someone captured it, put it in their garage, and Mama Bear came looking. Yeah. That's all it is. And and once Mama Bear gets the cub, they leave. And, yeah. And you really do feel, but despite the fact the monster looks the same all the time, you feel bad for the poor thing because it's just, walking around and and also another pick is that the scientists from Dublin who are trying to get the monster you know they said I can't believe you sold out to a circus do you realize what you're doing Um, you could be releasing a biological agent this thing could be carrying bacteria and disease we don't know about and it's like yeah that's true <laughs> That's true, I mean, if you think about the Komodo dragon, a bite from them is gets you highly infected because they have the most infective saliva in the world, and um yeah, legitimate the legitimate rational guy making a point, and like you said, the guy who just looked at it in terms of money, oh, I see money making, so I don't care
1: yeah, you know it, you mentioned that and I, suddenly, I wish. Suddenly, I wish J.J. Abrams had gone a totally different direction with Cloverfield. The the little parasites that came off the big monster would have been far more interesting than the movie we actually got. Even though I happen to like that movie, but um, yeah. It, it, it shout out to you know early 60s science. You know, thinking about uh, health and safety.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know these are just the little things. And the nice thing is, again, they don't harp on it. They make yeah. their point, but they make it clear, well, this is not what this movie's about. We've made our point, but time to get back to the the star of the show. Yeah. Um so
1: I've I've got one more rip and then one final pick.
0: Alright, go for it, because I'm all uh, ripped and, and picked out.
1: Okay. <laughs> all right uh i don't normally do social commentary that's it's not my thing sure. we're, we're here for fun we're here to to enjoy the, the things we enjoy however i feel we would be remiss if we did not once again point out the fact that they failed in this movie to acknowledge the existence of the female species
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> much like jurassic park well jurassic park did the opposite oh
1: yeah. oh yeah yeah but uh, but here it's like okay, it is early sixties. men are in charge. Okay, uh, yep, sure. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge it. We move on. Mm-hmm. We we enjoy the film for what it does. Good.
0: Yeah. We you fail, <laughs> th- failure to admit the females even when they're human.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then my final pick is I just I was genuinely impressed just with the design of the Gorgo suit itself. I mean, here was a chance. It, uh, it's obvious what they're trying to do. They're they're capitalizing on Godzilla. So it, it would have been very easy for them to just take a direct rip off of Godzilla. But in this case, they came up with something with its own story that was not exactly the same as Godzilla. And they took design cues that were not exactly the same as Godzilla. And they made something that when you look at it, yeah, you can see what they're trying to do. But in the end, it's its own thing. Yep. And I got to give MGM and King Brothers and, you know, everyone that was associated with this film props for, for not directly ripping off what the, the Japanese, uh, uh, what Toho Studios was was doing at that time.
0: No, I agree completely. And just the concept of the sympathy for the monster was, yeah. I don't think yeah. that had ever been a thing at this point. Um, even usually, you know, in the 50s, it was the big fear of atomic whatever um in the 60s it became uh, you know so us versus them in the 60s it was uh if it wasn't camp it was monster smashy smashy and this on the other hand was well we found an a force of nature we weren't prepared for we tried to abuse it with our own greedy ways and it backfired blew up in our face so
1: lesson learned hopefully
0: yeah and then it ends in that good way with them going back out to sea credits rolled and don't count out a franchise folks because we're done <laughs> <laughs> we're done with this yeah so
1: yeah so so if you were going to get a sequel it would probably be something along the lines of captain joe ryan and first officer sam slade adopt sean And it's the odd couple raising a a Scottish boy on a ship. So hilarity ensues.
0: Yeah, well, but then they teach him how to scuba dive to raid shipwrecks. And, oh, geez, this isn't fun anymore. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It's just some guys at sea.
1: Come on, Sean. Time to teach you how to pearl dive. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think unless you got anything else, I think we could rate this thing. All right. Uh, how many buildings does it crush out of 10?
1: Oh, you know, it's look, as far as I'm concerned, I now have the whole story of how Steven Spielberg got the idea for the final act of Jurassic Park, The Lost World, right? Uh-huh. Where Mama T-Rex comes and breaks out baby T-Rex mm-hmm. in, the, mm-hmm. in, in the circus, or I'm sorry, in the, the, the park. Yeah. Uh, there it is that this is this is why we got the lost world. So thanks Gorgo for that. Um <laughs> so so if I don't sound too positive on that, well, yeah. Yeah. Um no, it, this this film does what it does very well uh props to the the team that put the suit together and the special effects. Like I said, uh, there are some very incredible special effects. There's a crane shot of the monster walking through Battersea park mm-hmm. that I was just, I had to back it up and watch it a couple of times. Cause I'm like, that was actually really well done. Yeah. And sure. some filmmakers today could benefit by, you know, checking that out. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it really, <sighs> this there's not a whole lot of story here and our characters are not exactly likable. Um, There are some things that work well. We've talked about them, but am I going to sit down and watch and rewatch this movie? I don't think I am. Um, I want to put it somewhere around average. um, But with, you know, we, we've, We've tried to be positive about it, but there are a lot of rips in this movie. So for me, it's going to drop just below average a little bit. I'm going to go four out of ten buildings for this one.
0: All right. Uh, So, yeah, I I always try to figure effects based on the era they were in. And given the effects, if I'm going to be on level and scale, they were pretty darn good for their time being. Um, So it gets points for that. It gets points for being the first monster film to kind of give sympathy for the devil. Um, you know, it wasn't an atomic raging monster trying to kill us all. It was just something trying to get home. So that gets points. Um, and seeing it smash up London looked pretty darn good. And the music, the soundtrack was good. Uh, the the sound of the monster was great. Uh, that gets a, extra points. But the main characters are. Basically, cardboard, greedy jerks, plain and simple. And Sean is annoying. And there's a lot of stock footage.
1: <laughs> now hold on, let me ask you this: yeah. Given the choice, Toshio or Sean? <sighs>
0: Um, Sean, because maybe
1: we wait till the end of the month and then rate them all. Yeah.
0: (laughs) As of right now, I'd say Sean because he's not as bad. He's not as bad because his voice.
1: Yeah. Sean didn't climb up in a lighthouse and cause mayhem. Right. He wasn't just
0: getting in the way. He would, he stood, he knew to stand idly by. (laughs) Once he tried to mess around the first time on the ship and he got picked up and beaten for it, he learned his lesson. So, um, but
1: sorry, I derailed your that, rating. That's Go all ahead. right.
0: That's all right. A lot of stock footage you could tell wasn't aimed for the movie, and they did their best, I guess. But that takes that knocks off points. So overall, I'm going to give it a six or a seven. I will watch this again. I, I'm I've I've done it before. I'll do it again, um, either because of sentimentality or whatnot. But I'm an, I will watch this again at some point. So. All in all, Sickies, I would recommend, at least on my end, Ethan, what do you think? Give it a shot? Oh, if you have
1: never watched it, watch it at least once and turn the sound up.
0: Yeah. And enjoy listening to that monster freak the devil out of you like it did my cat. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and also uh, shout out to the uh, MST3K version as well. So, if if you really want something to help you get through it, that's a great way to
0: man, I'm observe have as well. To watch that! I did not know they did that, but it makes sense now. So, next week is going to be War of the Gargantuan's, which is a Toho film that wow i mean wow have you seen this one this
1: is one i have not
0: seen oh my goodness you are in for a treat especially at the end um let's just say i wish i had been one of the actors in the suits <laughs> and you'll know what i mean when you get there um it was a playland for those guys but you'll you'll see what i mean when you when we get there in the meantime, we have, of course, got how th- how are things in Drive Back the Night? Anything changed in the last week?
1: Oh, no, not, not nothing's changed. We are scheduled uh, next week to to do our next episode, so right. watch for that all if right. you're watching at all.
0: Uh, we, of course, have the Caseatorium. There's going to be a new episode popping up tomorrow. Uh, last week, uh, Ruck and Shane did an episode of Cold Case Chase and this saturday we will be getting a new episode of zodiac task force so Ooh, i know yeah. i'm looking forward to that it's this is the leo and sagittarius training mission so i'm definitely going to tune into that uh otherwise you could tune into that and any other fine show such as uh case of the chills where hopefully one day layla will talk about a haunted elevator um But until then, you could comment to us. You could go to our Discord channel um, if you're interested in all things Raving Lunatic, or if you're interested in Andromeda and Drive Back the Night, you could do so... Where where can they find you, Ethan?
1: Oh, that's andromedaseries.podbean.com or follow us on social media at AndromedaPod. That's Facebook and Twitter. You can find us there.
0: And, of course, as Scott would say, you could also make a comment to us at www. www. raving lunatic media.com oh. well i was trying to make up something <laughs> oh sorry horned monster that uh inspired gene simmons to put fins on his boots uh something nope raving lunatic media.com raving lunatic media.com raving lunatic
1: what's left for them to do rage master
0: stay sick sickies